This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 124 of the Healthy Critters Radio on Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we share our favorite new products, services, and innovations of 2020. In Breed of the Show, we learn about the llama. In Critter Nutrition, we share excerpts from the complete Herbal Handbook for Farm and Stable, published in 1952. And in Coffee Clatch, we ask, what would the title of your horse or dog's autobiography be? Listen in. I'm Tigger. And I'm Patty. And I'm Coach Jen, producer of this here circus. And thanks for tuning in to Healthy Critters Radio, where we get together and chit chat about the health of critters, critters of all sorts, and health in all of its iterations. Welcome back, ladies. Thanks. Thanks. Yay. And again, I get to choose the chit chat topic. <laughs> today uh-oh where is like the gong yes we do need a gong or so I yes, get, I, we... maybe some really threatening dun 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 kind of music <laughs> or gong like the gong the, show the gong show have the, the big old didn't they have that giant cane like <laughs> thing that they yank them off the stage with yes. was that called the gong i remember that the gong what show? was that was that the gong it really was the gong show? It was the gong show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're under the age of 50, you're going to need to go to YouTube and type yeah, no. in gong show. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. No idea. All right. So I yeah. have the chit-chat topic today. And our chit-chat yes. topic of the day is Tigger. We're going to start with Patty this time because last time we started with Tigger. Patty. Oh, good. What okay. are your go-to ways of keeping hooves healthy in winter? Well, nutrition, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I have always just found just picking them out is and making sure they're clean. You know, I ride five to six days a week, depending on what my schedule's like. And I honestly, I always just find just making sure you keep them clean and not standing in water. I used to be very big about putting stuff on the outside of their feet and whatever, but I, I really don't do that anymore. So I'm just going to go, I'm just going to say keeping their feet clean. Clean and dry. Interesting. So it's all about where those feet get to hang out. How about you, Tigger? <laughs> I am, you know, all natural. You know, get them regularly trimmed there. Yeah. <laughs> <they're under there>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Tig. It just waits. <laughs> only, only Peter knows for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, regular farrier trimming. My horses are all barefoot. And I, I don't, I had just knock on wood, I don't have, they don't get their hooves cleaned out. I mean, they live in a herd. Mm-hmm. But I just your, keep your horses are retirees for people who aren't regular listeners. Yes. They're retirees. Therefore, they hang out in the pasture and do what they do. So for you, it's a case of maintaining that regular farrier work just like you would through other seasons. Absolutely. Of the year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know. I know it's really and I easy. Barefoot, they have a way healthier foot. Yeah. I think now, they're also not 
Rich. It's really easy, especially if you don't get to ride your horses through the winter months. It's easy to back off on the farrier care. Pull their shoes and leave mm-hmm. them be or let the shoeing cycle get a little bit longer because they're not competing and things like that. But maybe not the best method. Maybe try to keep keep them, you know. Up to well, I will say that in the winter, and my horses are in a very big, you know, it's 100 acres. So they're moving all the time. So they wear their feet pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they don't have to be trimmed like a a show horse. Right. Yeah. Because they're moving so around, they get, trimming it for themselves. Yeah. It, exactly. They're yeah. wearing them down. So it, it in the winter, it's definitely not as frequent. In the summer, it's more frequent because the feet are growing more. Yeah. Now, Tigger... How do yes. you, do, your horses are barefoot and they're living the leisure yep. lifestyle. Yes, how they do, are. How do you deal with icy and snowy conditions underfoot? They just, I have put Vaseline on the on their feet. Keep the snowballs um, out. Yeah. Keep the snowballs out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we haven't had much snow in Virginia for a while. We're supposed to get some tomorrow. But, you know, because they're not wearing shoes, they're much more capable of handling mm-hmm. the snow. Yeah. Well, Mother Nature they, designed their hoof to deal with that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Patty, you have horses that yeah. are in work pretty much year-round. Some of them are shod, mm-hmm. some of them are not. Is there anything that you guys do on a regular basis to bolster their, their grippiness on the ground or avoid snowballs in the winter? Well, we don't. I, I've only been here two winters, and so far there's no snow. I mean, it, it definitely gets cold here, but it's it really it that would be a better question to have answered when I was in Virginia because here, where we are, if it rains, they can't go out because it's gumbo. And I, I'll never forget when I first moved here, the sweet man that works in the barn said, "Yeah, you you cannot turn the horses out when it rains." I'm like, "Well, this one field has plenty of grass. I mean, how can it be?" I came from red clay territory. I mean, I uh, believe me, I know. I did not know. I had no idea what gumbo was like. You just they it 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 I don't even know how to it's like snot. <laughs> it just sticks on them. So, my horses just don't go out. So, we don't really deal with that at all. At all, at all. I mean, when I used to you know, years ago when I evented, we all, you know, we did the little cocks in their shoes and stuff like that. But I was always so afraid that that was too grippy. So I've really never done anything except I've tried the Vaseline thing, which I found really never worked when I had to deal with snow. But for the most part, if I'm really super worried about it, I just don't turn them out. There you go. Um, How about you, Jen? Me, Jen. I have spent many, many years in states that get either a little or a lot of snow. So winter time, horses, much like yours, Tigger, horses that were barefoot all the time, that were just barefoot horses, didn't have to do a whole lot when it came to icy conditions. And like you back in the day, or like like Patty back in the day, I used to be really into slathering mm-hmm. stuff on hooves, although I have grown out of that. Something that I learned about when I was fox hunting a lot is the snow pad, which is a rim mm-hmm. pad that you put on underneath of the shoe. Or you can mm-hmm. also get them that it's a full pad. The full pad. That literally pops the snow out before it can make a snowball. Those yep. are mm. wonderful. So if you ride or your your horse is prone to snowballs in the winter, uh, you might want to quiz your farrier about snow pads, even if 
if and if you have a horse that has a very very cupped hoof, depending on the hoof shape, yes. some horses that are barefoot get terrible snowballs, terrible, and they can really hurt themselves on the yeah. snowballs. So, I like you guys have had very very limited success with the Vaseline spam coconut oil grease of any kind. I've not had a lot of luck having that really help keep the snow out. <clears throat> so maybe quiz your farrier about whether or not a snow pad with a horseshoe would be uh, beneficial and maybe a safer option for horses that are going to be in a lot of snow. And we did use lots of road suds, although in the wintertime, I was much more prone to using Borium on their shoes. Yeah, oh, I remember using Borium. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. that takes me back. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and, and Borium, for the uninitiated, is you the farrier heats the shoe with a torch and basically welds additional bits of glump, lumpy, glumpy metal onto the bottom, similar to what you would use with a caulk, but it can be done with great finesse, so it's very, very tiny. So it's almost like granules of salt, except the it's welded permanently to the shoe, and it's actually harder than the steel the shoe is made out of. So when the horse walks across slick surfaces, that... It grips it. Grippy. It's grippy. Um, now, a lot of people are, from, especially if you're from the mid-Atlantic states, are familiar with old school borium on their shoes where you put these giant dollops mm-hmm. of borium on, mm-hmm. which can be effective. But I found that the, the little tiny sprinkle of kind of like rock salt size was very effective for giving the horse additional traction. But like Patty was worried about, not too much. Yeah, 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 it always scared me. Yeah, so there we go. If you've got brilliant ideas to help uh, keep your horse's hooves healthy through the winter months, we'd love to hear about it. You can go on over to Facebook and find Healthy Critters Radio and post over there because we'd love to see it. And we have a really interesting segment coming up. <gasps> do we? <laughs> we do. Yes, we do. Um, some of the new products and innovations and services we've discovered in 2020. Coming up. So here we are at Roundtable, and our discussion is our favorite new products or services or innovations of 2020. And some of these may not be actually new on the market, but they're new to us. (laughs) So that makes them new. And I I think one of the silver linings of COVID is I I have been able to spend more time looking for innovations. Or seeking out things that I I didn't know existed. So the first one I'm going to start with is a company called Welly, W-E-L-L-Y. The website is getwelly.com. And it's this really cool. You know how we talked about in the past about, you know, what do you have in your first aid kit? And Well, these are like little first aid kits that are tiny, but they have bandages and antibiotic cream and you can add scissors and tweezers and and I thought it was and some of the bandages have really cool designs on them now when I look in my medicine cabinet you know normal bandage containers they take up a fair amount of space if you've got various sizes and I thought this was one of the great just a great innovation. I have one in the car, one in my purse. I'm giving some as gifts, one in the barn. It's just a handy tin, and you can reorder the the bandages and, and uh, antibiotic 
um, ointment instead of throwing the tin away. So um, it's a it's B Corp certified, and they've got all they. These are the social environmental. If you're certified B Corporation, means you have met standards of social environmental. Oh, um, okay. So they have a conscience. Yeah. Got it. They definitely have a conscience, Good. and they're actually donating a percentage of their profits to a nonprofit. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, um, but it's on their website. Anyway, they have lots of colorful tins and. You know, some for children, and it, it's it's a great idea, and I and different sizes depending on elbows and knees, and but it's all in these handy little tins. Yeah, and they're really cute. They're really cute. So yeah. I'm giving some as gifts, and I think they'd be great to have in tack trunks, and you know, mm-hmm. in your trailer, and because I, I know it just. And I'm not driving a trailer anymore, but just with the dogs, you know, something you get a scratch or something in the car or moving something around or da 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 da. And and it's so great to just be able to get in your glove compartment and put a band aid on it. Huh. So that's that's Welly. Yeah, that's super cute. Getwelly.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so cute. Patty, what do you have? Well, so I have two things and neither which uh, I can tell you the exact name of, which I was trying to look up, but I'm going to describe them. There's a new handheld massager thingy that's out. And I think it's, I forgot. I think it's called the therapy gun and it's battery operated. You can recharge it and you get different heads on it. And because, you know, I ride a lot, a lot, my, like most ride my shoulders and my neck and my back can really bother me and this thing now granted if you want to do your back you need some help but you can I, this thing is amazing it's just it's absolutely amazing you can do different wow. speeds and it's like it's handheld and it like um it's really amazing but you can also use it on your horses which is really cool um and we've used it on all of them and they none of them you know mind it at all and there's different speeds but different heads like a flat head and one that has kind of like um you know, two two points on it. But the best part of it is you can do the different speeds. So you can go slow and sort of methodical, or you can go really rapid. And I will tell you, it is, it's just a lifesaver. It's a lifesaver. Wow. Yeah. And I, I wish I could think of the actual, actual name of it, but I'm going to, I will continue to look it up, but it, it is just the coolest thing in the world. Well, when you, when you find it, just blurt it out wherever we're at. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I will, and you know I will, and it could be we could be doing read of the show, it, and it I might could be say in it. the middle so. of the llama discussion. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I could be talking about llamas, and then say blah blah blah. Jennifer, <laughs> um, I had to I had to run in while t- the while Patty was talking because I also could not remember the name of it, but I just thought of this when we started the show. Something I very recently discovered because a kind listener of the Horse Radio Network sent some to me. Uh, it's made by Ranch Life Naturals, and it's called Muscle Rub Number Eight, and it is exactly what it Ooh. sounds like it is. And it's I have I have way more than my fair share of aches and pains, so um, I kind of live with aches and pain 
reducing products all the time. So when I find mm-hmm. one that really works, mm-hmm. I'm all about it. And Ranch Life Naturals Muscle Rub Number Eight is awesome for arthritic joints. Um, it's wow. great for carpal tunnel, um, cramps oh, in your wow. neck because I've got one of those too. So it, and I don't I don't know that if it, it that it's made for people or horses. The the jar has a little picture of a person, and a little picture of a horse, and a little picture of a dog. So I'm going to say it's all three. <laughs> Uh, but it's got really good stuff in it. It's got organic aloe and vitamin E, and oh, it's got clove oil in it. And ooh, circulatory. Yeah, yeah. It's, got, it's got good stuff in it. It, it smells warming. It smells reasonable. You know, it kind of smells like rub, muscle rub. So if you've got some serious and significant hurdy spots, either you, your dog, or your horse, um, check out Ranch Life Naturals Muscle Rub Number Eight. It's pretty awesome stuff. There you go. And you know what you can well, do? Well, along that same line, I discovered a company called thegoodpatch.com. And they, these are the transdermal patches. One, They have one group that's hemp-based and one that's plant-based, if you don't want any hemp. And um, I, I tried the B12 Awake. Holy cow. Wowzers. <laughs> It's Just awesome. hearing that says, whoa. <laughs> um, they have some patches for kids to sleep, for for uh, adults, for um, women going through PMS, uh, for hangover, for pain relief. Um, so... And it's great because you just put the – you don't have to swallow anything. You don't have to apply any, you know, oil or anything. You just stick the patch on, and it's really freaking amazing. Hmm, I mean, you feel it in about days. 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's thegoodpatch.com. I'm going to look that and up. And you can just pick, pick, pick which patch or patches you want, and they, they last like eight, 8 to 10 hours. So – I'm gonna have to get that because I yeah I live I live that B12 unbelievable energy all day. Huh? How about that? Hmm. Patty. Well, I wanted to tell you that I found the name of the gun. (laughs) Oh yeah! So there's there, and if you just look up, there's a bunch of different ones. The one that uh, we have, it's called a a Pove O P O V E M three. There's a bunch of different one, ones out there that if you put in handheld massage things. But anyway, highly recommend that. The other thing that I have that I also cannot tell you the name of, uh, my friend bought this off of Facebook. It is a suction cuppy thing that sticks to the wall and slides in a big round ball that you can put it somewhere on the wall and you can go up against it and massage your back or your neck Ooh. or you can do you know anything else. That Ooh, thing shoulders. Awesome. Oh, oh, that would be oh, you know, behind underneath shoulders. Oh. But you that they apparently make one that you can also freeze, which I haven't seen that one that the ball could be cold if you need it to be. But that thing is awesome. And it's just a little ball that rolls and it just we do it right up against, you know, the wall or a big what's the door framing called i can't think of the name of door framing but it's just that thing's awesome and i wish i that i don't think i'm going to get as lucky because it was just one of those things it's like a roller ball that you suck through the wall oh that's so cool so 
Yeah, that thing is awesome. Jennifer? Um, the other the other discovery for this year for me isn't necessarily a product, but more of a technique. And I probably I don't know if I've talked about it on the show or not before, but Nigel, my OTTB, is the poster child for poorly designed hooves. We will, we will prerequisite the discussion with that. And I and my very dedicated farrier, April, have been battling to help his feet be the best they can be. And weren't making a whole ton of progress. We were pretty frustrated. About the same time, we both came across a video done by a farrier by the name of Jeff Newman. And it's a technique where he uses the glue that is designed to glue a shoe onto a horse's hoof. Uh-huh. And it you add other products to it, depending on the desired, the, the problem you're trying to fix. And then you put it onto the sole of the horse's foot. You kind of put it on there like butter. And it, there are very specific thicknesses and stuff like that. And it's, so it's more of a technique than anything else. And for mm. Nigel, it's a game changer. We, wow. For, all, for about... 18 months, almost two years, we really were not making any additional progress. His feet were kind of crappy, really weren't making any improvements. It was still pretty frustrating um, until we, until she started doing this technique and we, it's just mir- miracles happened. It was the, the sun came out and it was all sparkles and happiness. And he's gone from a horse with four truly abhorrent hooves to a horse with one truly abhorrent hoof and three not too bad hmm. hooves. So wow, yay us! So if, if you're a hoof geek, go over to Facebook and Jeff and look him up. It's Jeff New W N E W N H A M Jeff Newham, and uh, check out his videos because it, it's interesting stuff. If you're a hoof geek, well, I have two more products to share. <laughs> it's it is a COVID year, yeah. Yes. So many of you may know that I have a chronically bad knee that's had two surgeries and it's had some very bad spells this year that I literally have just been packed on ice and elevated and have to use crutches to get around the house. And luckily it doesn't last, you know, for more than a couple of days, but and then I discovered Nirvana, mm. thanks to my sister, who turned me on to a company called Danner, D-A-N-N-E-R.com. They make boots. And, and when she said that, I went, I, I don't want to wear boots. She said, Tigger, you wear these boots They're going to offer you so much support for your ankle and your knee that it will cushion it. And I'm here to tell you they work. Now, these are, I I use the hiking boots. They also have lifestyle, which are more like sneakers. Um, they're, They're just a boot company. And... They, they're the sole that they use and the padding that they have in the foot of their boots 
the boots themselves are light, um, which is great because when you have a bad knee, you don't need more weight. And the stability I get from those boots, I I can I basically can walk around pain free. That's pretty amazing. So who'd have thought? Yeah, a pair of boots. Danner.com. Yeah, a pair of boots. They're light, um, and they've got such a thick sole and such thick padding inside that it really cushions your joints. Um, and so much stability. I mean, it's unbelievable. Because part of the instability of having a bad knee is that, you know, you're afraid you're going to fall. Oh, yeah, um, I can imagine. It, it's really not a nice feeling. <laughs> and with these oh, I, boots, yeah. man, I feel like I'm rooted in the ground. So that's Danner.com. And the last thing this is so cool. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I haven't actually worked with it yet, but it's on order. And it's a company called Flare, F-L-A-R-E. The website is getflare.com. They have developed these bracelets that communicate with your smartphone. And you can press a button on the bracelet to activate it. And it will give your location to the friends that you have assigned to the app if you're in trouble. Hmm. Um, And a message. It will, you can tap it and it will give you, you know, you can have a fake phone call, you know, if you need to get out of a situation. And it connects with 911. And it's called Get Flare? Getflare.com. And I saw it on Facebook. And a lot of the comments were from women that had that had children, you know, kids in college. And, and I thought, you know, I could use something like this because I don't always have my phone with me. And um, mm-hmm. if I'm out in the woods and stuff with the dogs, I do not have a phone. And this way, I can literally just press a button, and if I am in run into trouble, I can get help. Well, if you don't have those good hiking boots on, and you and you your knee gives out, <laughs> and you need to get something or, to get you. or or you know, you know, you trip and you fall, or um, you know, maybe there's a problem with a dog that you need help transporting, or um, and I'm thinking, you know, even when I drive to Florida, how you know, when I was I get off an, at a truck stop and or a gas station, and you know something occurs that I need help, and you know I don't have my phone in my pocket. So I think this is a brilliant use of technology, and the bracelets are you know inconspicuous but cool. So it's getflare.com, and I will report back when I get mine and get it set up. Um, and I also, you know, if I fall in the bathtub, Peter will, would never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this way I can alert him. Hmm. Right. Cool. See, the technology can be useful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> as much as I rage against the machine, um, I, I think this could save a lot of women, especially young women. Yeah. 
Hmm. If you're in a bad situation. So that's our new innovations and products and services for 2020. Hello. Hetty. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. Are you? Well, we have a question for you, Hetty. Okay. As you, as you know, we are in the holiday season, and I want to know, do you have all of, are you prepared for Christmas? Are you prepared? Do you have everything bought and, and wrapped and under the tree? No, I don't do that. <laughs> you don't? I open you things to- under the tree. Oh, okay. The servant prepares Christmas. Well, so that's a good question. Are there certain specific things you want for Christmas? Well, so far we had a party in the indoor ring because it was warm. It wasn't really warm, but we pretended it was warm. And the grandmother person and the deaf grandfather came and we were in the ring with a tree. There was a Christmas tree and there was big tables full of plants and chickens. And so for, so far for Christmas, we've had chicken. So I'm hopeful that maybe we'll have, I don't know, more chicken <laughs> or turkey. Okay. So that's, that's your whole list for Christmas? Or right roasted there, chicken or turkey. beast. <laughs> I, I could have roasted beast. That would be nice. Okay. I love roasted beef. So basically, anything that you can eat. Like, so I'm sure if cheese was there, that'd be good. I don't want Brussels sprouts. Nobody wants Brussels sprouts. My servant likes them. Yeah, so does my husband. I get it, Heavy. I don't like it when he makes them at all. She claims they're delicious, but she's a retard. Well, hopefully you will have all the things that you want on, on, on that's on your list. So hopefully you'll have the Christmas grandmother. Feast. She brought us cookies. Mm. And were, you, were, able to, you were able to eat? Well, that's good. Okay. Can't go wrong with cookies and, and Hetty. That can't go wrong with cookies. Well, thank, thanks a lot, Hetty. And enjoy eating everything you possibly can during the holiday season. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. Bye, Eddie. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So we are at breed of the show, and we are going to do the llama, which is kind of interesting. You think you know everything about llamas, and I guarantee you, you don't. I think a lot of people get llamas and alpacas confused, which I would have done the same thing. They're actually, they're, they're, similar but different. Their llamas, I think, are bigger than alpacas, and they also have a different type of hair. Llamas are actually the South American relative to the camel, which is interesting, but they are humpless, as is also the alpaca. Llamas have a little bit more of an elongated face and a banana-sized ear, so you can kind of tell when they're uh, different. I Recently, we had a, a llama that was um, became a neighbor, which, by the way, scared the crap out of our horses. It took a while for them to get used to it, but we eventually were able to figure it out because of the size of their the um, how their face was. 
and their ears, which was kind of neat. But their hair is quite a lot more coarse than alpacas. Llamas are actually used for several different things. They make great pack animals. They can actually, this is really kind of interesting, they can carry 25 to 30% of their body weight, which is pretty amazing, I thought. But they're great pack animals. They're actually used for their hair. Um, They tend to be more for like rope and rugs and some fabrics. And in some countries, they actually use them for meat, but I didn't want to talk about that part. Yeah, no. First and foremost, they are companions and pets. They're very peaceful and smart, extremely mild-mannered. They're clean and friendly. And this is the best part. Apparently, their poop doesn't smell, which is great. Because if you're, you know, if you guys, if anybody has horses, that's one of the number one things that people say that you know they're kind of stinky. But apparently, llamas are not, which is great. They do great with other animals. Most people, when they're getting a llama, tend to get two together um, because they they are very social. And what's kind of interesting is um, you really don't need that much land for a llama. Apparently, you know, I read in a couple different spots, like one was like for one acre, you could have six llamas, which I guess would make sense. They're not like horses. They don't, you know, need as much space to, to roam around, but they do like to be with you know, other, other llamas, they, they're very social, but they also get along with other, with donkeys and horses and, you know, and dogs, if they're, you know, and smaller animals, if they're, you know, presented to them in a way that they can get used to them when they're younger, it's always best to do that. They are generally very healthy um, and require very, very little maintenance. They're easy to feed. They're just basically grass for forage or, you know, grazing on land like a horse would or a cow but you would want to supplement with um, some alfalfa or some other type of forage. Of course, you would ask your local vet uh, is the best thing to do for the area that you're, you're in. They are fantastic people. As I said before, first and foremost, they're great companions, but they can spit, <laughs> which is so funny because apparently it doesn't. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been around llamas or ever seen one spit. I have not, but some of the videos are kind of interesting. But they, when they're angry, they tend to spit at other llamas, but they can spit at people if they get irritated. But they generally don't do that to people. That's not a big thing. If they're going to spit, they generally, it's when they're angry at one of their llama mates or llama friends. And it's something that they regurgitate from their stomach. So I would not make my llama mad. So that's one thing to think about. <laughs> so, like I said, they don't really tend to require a lot of land. But their lifespan is up to 20 years. So if you're going to get a llama, you need to make sure that you, you know, have a, a long-term plan. If you get a baby llama, you're looking, you know, 20 years. Some of some of llamas have even lasted up to 30 years. Um, they can grow to about six feet. Average is around five, five foot, five foot nine, somewhere around. They can weigh anywhere between 200 and uh, 280 to 450 pounds. So when you think about that, the body weight that they can carry 25 to 30 percent of their body weight that's kind of impressive and they really are they really are great pack animals but most people that have you know use them now use them for their 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 coats for you know like i said before ropes or rugs and they can use some fabrics 
and they, you only get about one shearing, I think a year. So it's not, you don't want to, you don't want to do it in the winter if you live in a cold uh, temperature. And then you have to, of course, make sure that you don't have an indirect sun if you're doing it in warmer uh, times of the year. And last but not least, they make a variety of different sounds, which are kind of cool, but they make a humming noise. Have you guys ever heard one make that low no. humming noise? It is the coolest thing. Years ago, I was on a trail ride on some back canal roads in Florida, and there was a couple of horses out with a llama. And the llama, they, the llamas can become very protective over their little herd that they're in. And the horses came running over, but the llama came running first. And it sounds like this really low guttural humming noise. It's worth looking it up. It is the coolest thing. Like they're not, nothing in their face is moving. Their mouth isn't open, but they make this sort of strumming humming noise. It's really, really, it's the coolest noise. And, and, but which our horses were completely flipped out by the other horses that were there were obviously used to it, but it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's a vibrating kind of um, noise, but they call it humming. Anyway, it's a pretty cool thing to look up if you can um, look that up on YouTube. But all in all, I think llamas, you know, really make great pets. They're easy to be around. They're low maintenance. You don't need to have a big yard for it, but you really do need to consider their lifespan. Um, and they're great to use in a small herd if you want to sort of use them as a protective animals from like brother sheep or other llamas or whatever. But they're affectionate and smart, and I think kind of a cool thing, Tig. Maybe it's something we should look into. Yeah, I'm thinking alpaca because it's a little smaller. It, yeah, that's true. We'll have to do alpacas <laughs> next, and then we can find out which is. But but like some of these llamas can get big. Six foot, that's big. That's big. We are at Critter Nutrition, and I'm going to read some excerpts from the Complete Herbal Handbook for Farm and Stable by Juliet to Barclay Levy, published in 1952. And I got discovered this about 30-some-odd years ago at Monticello at their gift shop. <laughs> Wouldn't you find this unusual herbal handbook on farm and stable? She's a very famous herbalist, and I thought I'd read a couple of excerpts. This book covers, you know, sheep and cows and all farm critters and, of course, horses. I'm, I'm not saying that I would recommend her some of these treatments, <laughs> but they're so interesting in terms of history. So um, this is a section on worms. Worms are overcommon in the domestic horse and a and are of four principal kinds, thread, round, tape, and bot. The general treatment for all worms is a short cleansing fast combined with internal dosing with garlic, followed by a laxative diet. It must be stressed that it is hopeless to expect to free and keep free a horse of worms when after treatment it is kept on horse-sick land impregnated with worm ova. Many stables have been in use for hundreds of years. Their paddocks also in almost continuous use, never rested, never cleaned, and therefore 
for infested with worms. Such sick pastures are quite commonly the sole grazing and exercising for the unfortunate domestic horse. These paddocks have become entirely depleted of such common plants as mustard, wild turnip, couch grass, brambles, green fern, and broom tops, which are all worm expellents. So, again, she's from England, so they do have different plants there. But we have couch grass here in Virginia. So that was good information. Um, this section is on fly. To protect against flies, first always let the horse keep its full and natural length of mane and tail, with which it switches away flies. Then treat areas where flies gather by applying a light rub of waste motor oil, obtainable free from most garages. Add a few drops of eucalyptus oil per pint for extra good effect. Avoid the eye. Rubbing strong wine vinegar morning and night into the hooves and up to the fetlocks penetrates the body and discourages flies and mosquitoes. Hang bunches of flowering elkampane in stables. This sticky plant catches flies, which are then drowned by immersing, immersing the bunches. Also hang bunches of sage, rosemary, and chamomile. Okay, this section is on feeding foals, which I thought was really interesting. Once the foals are weaned and on to solid foods, they will require a generous diet to encourage them to make maximum growth. An average diet for an average breed of foal would be a basic feed of as much as it will eat hungrily of bruised sweet white oats. With half a quart of chaff, a gallon of bran with two tablespoons of molasses, half a gallon of pulped carrots with a tablespoon of powdered seaweed to aid bone formation and grow long, strong mane and tail, two handfuls of sunflower seeds, two handfuls of linseed meal. Also give nettle raw shaken in a rough cloth to, to reduce its stinging, several handfuls. Great attention must be paid to the pasture, seeing that it is young grass and rich in vital herbs. Good spring or brook water is as important as food for the health of the foal and for the production of rich blood. This is accepted by horse breeders in many parts of the world, including England, who insist on a natural water supply for their horses, finding that perfection cannot be attained on lifeless water pumped through lead pipes. The wonderful, wonderfully skilled horse breeders of Arabia, who have produced that superb creature, the Arabian horse, are great believers in sweet milk for foals and adults long after weaning, and certainly an occasional drink of milk diluted with hay tea and some molasses added makes a fine tonic for growing foals. The Arabs also give honey to their best purebred Arabian foals, about two tablespoons per day per foal. If nettles and dandelions are not growing in the pasture, they should be gathered and added to the diet at least three times a week. Fed chopped raw with the carrots, about six handfuls of each, as they are an important aid to strong nerves and red blood. French herbal tonics for their famed racing colts are marigold and strawberry foliage strawberry foliage not sprayed such tonics are 
are fed also to the best of their adult stock. Winter diet should be hay, silage, sliced or pulped roots, and a moderate amount of crushed wheat and barley, well mixed with a small amount of chaff for roughage, and a daily gallon mash of bran and molasses and linseed meal, to which should be added any, any winter tonics and blood cleansers, such as sliced carrots and swedes, which is a turnip, beech, crushed rose hips, and hawthorn, watercress, seaweed powder, and a small amount of aromatic seeds, such as anise, dill, or fennel. Ripe apples and pears can be given in small amounts. It's... <laughs> It's, it, it's it's a wonderful look into you know a a um, an older uh, tradition of feeding. Um, you know today we would never feed that much bran for sure. But um, the book is a gem, at least for the kinds of, of – I've learned a lot of the herbs that you can use with horses. She does also have a separate book just for uh, taking care of dogs uh, with herbal medicines. So um, that's Juliette de Barclay-Levy, 1952, very well-known herbalist. And, you know, look her up on Amazon. <laughs> Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real food ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. And now we're at Coffee Clatch. And we're asking the question, what would the title of your horse or dog's autobiography be? <laughs> and uh, I don't know how I come up with these things. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great mysteries of the universe. It, it is. It yeah, is. I, I picked four of my dogs. And I'll start with the first one, uh, Kimasabi. His would be entitled, Dogs Secretly Rule the World. <laughs> Um, Wookiees is anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> Keen, because he's only a year old, so he doesn't have much of an autobiography. His, his is green eggs and lamb, because he's a food hawk. <laughs> and, and I I made one for Hedwig, although she's not my dog. Oh. But I, I thought for sure her autobiography would be Hetty and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Hetty and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Okay, Patty. Well, I I did I did one of my cats. Um, and a, actually, I there's two 
autobiography autobiography titles. Um, what I, the one I said and the one that my husband said. Fupa is my ragdoll cat who is beautiful, and <laughs> it, it would be titled if you if they only if you only knew how truly amazing I am. <laughs> because she just sits on furniture and beckons to me and looks at me as if you should be bowing. I mean, her and Hedwig would get along great because they have a lot of things in, that are, perfect, you know, yes. yeah, Peter, Peter said it would be that the title would be vanity, but I think it's a little bit, that's just too simple for her. Yeah, she or vanity hair. Yeah. Vanity, yeah. Hair. <laughs> vanity hair. That would be good. That would be perfect. Cause she really, yeah. Okay. Vanity hair. That's good. I'll tell Told Peter that, and the only other one I did was for my dog Burke, which would be please just love me. He no matter I, I like. I have a granddaughter that I face face time with all the time. I literally cannot say anything of any like height in my voice, or he is there in my head. Like he just he just wants to be loved all the time, twenty four hours a day, every day of the week. So it would just please just love me. How about you, Jen? <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, we will we'll start with Nigel, the, okay. also known as Big Lumbering Oaf. <laughs> That's his nickname. Okay. Uh, his autobiography. I I just I got a title and I also got the format in which it would be published. Oh, good. So his, oh wow his uh, his autobiography would be one day in my life, and it would be a pamphlet. <laughs> He's a horse of few words. Not a chatty guy. PT Scooter, Glenn's Hackney Pony. His autobiography would be The World is My Alfalfa Cube, and it would be a paperback. (laughs) And each chapter at the end would have a helpful tip on how to get your human to give you more food. Mm. <laughs> I would have a house he and he and Keen could do a, a joint uh, a joint book there. Yes, yes they could collaborate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. And and Pickles, our new greyhound. Yes. Um, now that we've gotten to know Pickles a little bit better, we've had her for right around two months now. Her autobiography title would be "My Life Thus Far and Other Scary Stories." <laughs> oh wow! It would be a graphic novel. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, that is classic. Oh, Jennifer, you aced that. Yes. Yeah, you did. Well, if you've got an autobiography in mind for your animals, let us know. Look, go to our Facebook page, Healthy Critters Radio. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. 